I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more know, doors. The show is called The Deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Okay, welcome to another VRL USA podcast. This is Alan. Um, managed to beat the elements today, and uh, we now have power and internet restored after our snow last night. And I'm joined by Robin in the UK. How are you, Robin? Okay, thanks. Hanging in there. Yeah, you're staying dry. <laughs> and um, and then Julian from Norway, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Doing fine. Yeah, we haven't had you on in a while, so it's good to have you. Um so we've had a lot of we've had a lot of matches in the recent past. Um we looked really good. I, I think against Celta, I think certainly the first 30 minutes against Celta were um probably the best we've played all year, maybe in a couple of years. Then we had the Granada match and then we had the Wesca Oh, I'm sorry. Did you not? Do you need a sleep aid? Here, here's you can have 90 minutes of virtually nothing happening. So, <laughs> sarcasm. How very un-American, Adam. Yes, yes, yes. I know. Um, so, I mean, that's my uh, what. Uh, I guess let's start. I mean, obviously, the injuries are are a major part of this, and I want to talk about that. But even before the injuries, let's let's talk about sort of the arc of what happened against Granada, and was Wesca just an aberration, or what exactly was going on there? I mean, I, playing three people in the back, and what was it, three five two, three five one one? I'm not sure what we were doing. So, who wants to have a go at what they thought we were trying to accomplish? Uh, you can go ahead, uh, Robin. Just go ahead. Wait. <laughs> Neither of us really want to talk about the match. <laughs> oh, that, 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 that. I must admit, it was the most boring match report I've ever had to write in my life. I was just like, I was talking about the weather. Like, there was barely anything to talk about. But I, I, th- I think if you look at the squad we had, I think that squad is was good enough to at least get a result, even without injuries. I mean... The injuries we've had have not affected the defence at all. It's There's something wrong up front and in the system we played. I, I didn't understand that formation at all. I think we started off with four in the back and then switched to three, but we were all kind of so in shock by what we were seeing on different formats. I don't think anyone really knew the formation or the players. Um, so it was, it was a very interesting game. The Granada game, I think, I found equally f- as frustrating to watch as well because we were just weren't doing anything pushing forward for that. Like their goal, people say, I don't know, all sorts of stuff, Like, but it was a good goal from them, and it was a typical Granada goal. I think we probably sh- should have done better on that goal, but it was a it was a good goal by them. It wasn't like it was an easy thing. Um, so I've, I've gone off on the tra- tangent again, but yeah, I'm, I'm just kind of shocked by both games. I thought both were frustrating. I'm not entirely sure we can really blame injuries for both of them that much, really. It sounds like an excuse, injuries. What do you reckon, Julian? Uh, in the Granada match, I felt like we uh, missed um, Moreno a lot because uh, with Pena, all right, he did fine. He actually had one of his uh, best matches this season. Uh, the, the goal he scored was amazing. Uh, but we lacked something um, offensively. And there's, I feel like offensively, there's not a lot of players. If you, if you look at Moy, and if you look at um, at Paco or Nino, we're going to have a lot of players who are running behind the defenders. They all want to meet the play, the ball. And that it's it's hard to break down the defensive line when everyone is want to meet the ball, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, mm-hmm. and uh, I think we are lacking pace up front. We, we need more pace and more direct football. And we, uh, we see that when um, the young kid... The Pino, when he, every time he comes on the pitch, we see that he uh, 
he challenged the defenders and you see that he creates openings for uh, all his teammates and you saw that against um, Granada especially. He came in, he made a penalty. Um, so I think this team without, like with the injuries, is of course I think of, uh, injuries are a huge problem and it's affecting the team offensively without Moreno and Paco being out and... Uh, all sort of things, and the midfield also. It's we're playing. It feels like we're playing position-based football, but it's it's not uh, an end product to the game we're playing. It's just passing from one side to another side without any like um, idea behind what they're doing, mm. uh, especially with these injuries. So that's my biggest takeaway from. Yeah, I think. I mean. It does seem to me from what I've seen, I, as I say, I didn't see the Wesca match. It started quite early out here. and um, But it seems to me as though we are, I think you put your, you made a good point that it feels like we're playing too much in front of the opposition defense instead of trying to run behind it. And I think that's where we miss somebody like Samu, for example, who can, who can really, um, you know, open things up. Um, the other thing is that, yeah, Gerard, in addition, I mean, people who don't watch Villarreal regularly focus on his goal scoring, which is great, but he's also always been a very good player at sort of linking the midfield and the, um, and the front two or three. And mm. without him in there, it feels as though we we just aren't, as you say, maybe we need to try to be more direct and, and get through balls behind the defense or something. But if we don't have the speed to run onto those, that's that's a problem too. It, mm. it does feel to me at times like it's a bit of paint by numbers where we're sort of passing the ball around in front of the defense and trying to trying to break it down and we just I've been a little I, I think Emery has done a good job at one thing we needed to do which was strengthen our defense if you look at how how many expected goals we've given up compared to last year sorry I'm starting to sound hmm. like Zach um, I think we've we've improved a lot there but the problem is is that we also aren't creating as many chances up front um, I think we realized also to, to what degree um, Santi was responsible for that last year. 100%. He was uh, often like the link between the midfield and strikers and uh, he gave the offensive players services like passing and the perfect example was the pass he made to Gerard last year. The, if you guys remember the, the good goal he scored, yep. Gerard scored. Yeah, so those kind of passes is lacking because Manu is not, um, he's not, uh, I'm gonna, I had never liked his playing style, but he um, he makes, like, he slows the game down and when it needs to go faster and, and Parejo and Manu are both, like, similar players in the midfield. Like, there's no, they're, neither one of them are... Uh, um, very offensive. Um, Parajo may be more so offensive than, and better with his passing than and Manu. But uh, I feel we need like a playmaker there. Like, not playmaker, but more like a um, Sambu type of player. A guy who will run at the uh, players from the middle uh, instead of our uh, attacks coming from the flanks. We need a guy who would like who can push and go forward from the middle and make spaces for uh, other players on the wings or our strikers. There's just too many players in the middle who are just passing around without um, any, like, um, any, like, end product. Mm. I completely agree. I, I, I think, for me, I think we're supposed to look at the positive side. I would look at the Celta game. Because I, I know that the Celta game, they made a few mistakes, but you have to say that that was probably one of our best performances anyway mm -hmm. in a long time. And I think that the best thing about that game for me, and I think this was the case because I, I'm struggling to remember it now, but we, we played a 4-4-2. I think I've said this in a few times in the comments, so I apologize if I'm boring people. We had a 4-4-2. We had Pareko and Kapue in the middle. 
and then Trigueros and Moy were able, were able to cut inside in front of them. So they weren't playing as a standard winger. They weren't sprinting down the wings and crossing it. They were playing direct football and then going into the box. And that made the football more direct. They made the midfield not as claustrophobic. Mm-hmm. So I, I know Moy is not one of those players. Uh, sorry, I know Trigueros is not going to be one of those players that's going to sprint down the wing. But it widens up the play a bit. So he's not playing as a winger, but he's going forward as a kind of RM as opposed to a CM. He's slightly out there a bit more and he can play that more direct football and then support the two strikers. A lot of the problem is with having this this 4-3-3 setup, 4-3-3, or this lone striker, is half the time our lone striker is getting completely marked out of the game, is not getting any support from the midfield mm-hmm. and is just there on his own. It was, it was typical with Baca last, in the last game. He was... He had actually quite a good performance. I think a lot of people said he had a greater performance, but he was not getting the support, and he had to go at Pareko at half-time because of it. But in the 4-4-2, you can have Pareko and Kapui in that middle, and they play the through ball. At the start of the season, we did have this 4-4 setup, but we had we tried to play Coquelin in the middle, who was nowhere near as good as Kapui because he was going far forward too much, and Pareko was defending. Mm-hmm. Whereas I think mm-hmm. having those two in the middle is better, and then Trigueros and Moyen go straight on. Sorry, that was a long wind away, but it's a bit of a rant. No, but it, and it's and I think if if you think about it, if you go, if you go back to the um, glory years of Villarreal under Pellegrini, you know mm-hmm. we had a very narrow four four two because we had exactly that same thing. We had guys on the outside who were always pinching in toward the middle, um, mm-hmm. and thinking of the Celta match to bring us to a little more recently. Yeah, I mean, did, I think one of our goals came where where Manu set up the goal. I can't remember now who scored it, but exactly as you say, he he had sort of he had sort of pinched in to the um, right of the of their penalty area and made a nice pass back for for the goal. So, I think, yeah, it it feels to me as though we. I, I agree with you that that Kapu is a big improvement over Kokolan. I think um, I like the if you know with Abora out for the rest of the year. I think Parejo and and Kapu need to be the two guys in the middle there, um, and so then it really comes down to you know where do you put Trigueros and Moy? Um, I, you know I've I've always thought Moy was a good. He is somebody who is kind of shifty and has and has some some um, some ability to sort of cut in from the left and and do really well. Um, you know, the injuries, of course, are are a factor, and not having Gerard is a, is a big loss because I think we all feel if we had had him the last two matches, we would have had two wins. I certainly do, but um, but. We don't have him, and you know, for a couple more weeks anyway. So, so we have to sort of manage through that. And um, on the one hand, I think you know, to look at another positive, the fact that you can get um, you can get results where you're where you're playing guys like Funes Mori, whom you normally wouldn't. Um, okay, that's that's something. It, it just strikes me that over the, it's always been a factor with Villarreal and as with any team, I guess, getting the, the offense and defensive balance right, and it feels like mm-hmm. what we're all saying is, the the defense is strengthened, but the offense isn't there. Mm-hmm. I think it, it's, it's a strange thing, is it? I think because we were talking earlier about the slowness of how we how we play. I, I personally think it's we're very slow on the counter attack. So Asenko, and I think we said this before, is he, he's playing the ball out very slowly after retrieving it. So there's no kind of quickness to it, and I think that's a key to four three three. Do you do you think that as well? Do you think that's maybe the reason why our midfield and everything's so slow? Because I, I personally, I'm probably the only one that's going to say this, but in that last game, I didn't really quite like how how adventurous Paul Torres has been. He's got a hell of a pass on him. He's been great, but for me. He was already doing this really, really well anyway as a kind of centre-back and playing it over the top. But he seems to be taking up a different kind of level now where he's pushing a bit further forward. Mm, mm. I, I'm yeah. nervous about that. He's, he's quality, but it makes yeah. me nervous when that happens. Yeah, yeah, I've seen, I've seen it too. Like, I don't know. I think maybe it's from Emery. Maybe Emery told him to push up and uh, keep the ball more and mm-hmm. so that the team can uh, the team can uh, go up like uh, so that he can make a long pass but that's where the goal came from also um the Granada goal one of the goals when they scored the first goal they came that came from Pau keeping the ball for too long and he had he was on the left side he was 
mm-hmm. he was kind of alone and albiol was uh, on uh, albiol was on the line with soldado so he he was his positioning was not too good either uh, so when he lost the ball, it was one versus one with Albiol, and but mm-hmm. I think it, that that was a part of the game plan, I guess, and uh, you can't fault him for that. But he he has, as you said, Robin, he, I think he <clears throat> he has gotten a bigger role now with uh, the build-up play. I think Paul has got a, a bigger role. Well, before before mm-hmm. I, I would say because I think that's what claustrophobic that makes the midfield so claustrophobic because he's so high up. So in mm-hmm. sense, the mm-hmm. midfield have to go further forward, and then the striker's just standing there, like, "Well, when am I going to get the ball?" Because either goes, it's not going over the top. Well, mm-hmm. it is going over the top, but then you're completely bypassing the midfield. So I don't really understand the, the, how it works. I might just be being an idiot. But what, what do you think, Alan? Sorry, I cut you off. Uh, well, I think you actually. I I go further back. I mean, I I think one of my concerns about Asenjo has always been that I don't think his distribution is that great. Um, it's not that quick and it's not as accurate as um, I as I'm, would like to see. So I think you're maybe right that we don't, we're starting, when we start our attack, we're, we're not starting it at speed. That's, that's possible. I mean, we've always been known though. I mean, to, to, if you think back to how we played with um, Masaccio and, and Bailly or, or whoever, We've always been a, mm-hmm. been a team that tr- tries to push our center backs up toward um, toward the center of the pitch. So I don't know that that's necessarily um, so different. But I do think that you it puts a premium on you being able to control the ball once you're up there. And I think yeah. and I think I don't remember. Uh, you know, I I I don't remember Misaccio, for example was was never somebody who handled the ball very very much right i mean he he tended to distribute the ball away to somebody else and then he and his and his defensive partner would would push up but he wasn't the, he wasn't the one responsible for taking it out of the back and and trying to play it over the top or whatever so that that bit is a little bit different um maybe it doesn't yeah. work quite as well in the 433 I don't mm-hmm. know. That, that was the only thing I was going to say because that, like you said, we we've never been scared of having a centre back that's confident. But maybe in the four three three, it doesn't quite work quite as well. I don't know. I, I know. I mean, I think yeah. everyone knows my opinions on wing backs now. But I think the wing back thing works quite well in the four three three, doesn't it? So mm-hmm. maybe I'm just struggling to get yes. my head around the four three three bit, really. So um, yes, yeah, I, think, I think the wing back thing um, does work better when you've got. When you've got somebody like Estrepignan or Pedraza or or Pena, come that's where they can real that that works better in the four three three because that's where you get you get the width up front. I think that's the you know. But if you go to a four 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 two, you do um, you do give up some of that from the back, and that's you know. So so it's it's a trade off. Um, mm-hmm. And then on top of that, I think we have the, um, for me, the big injuries are obviously, well, Gerard, um, Ibora, mm-hmm. who, you know, who we've, we've uh, had to replace because he's out for the season. But I think, I think the point that we were making earlier about attacking at speed, that's where we miss Samu because We've had plenty mm-hmm. of these matches where we'd play an hour and and it would be this sort of chess match, and then we could bring in Samu and he would um, and he would sort of change things up and suddenly we're running at people and mm-hmm. with him out and I guess he may be out for quite a while. It sounds like he needs to have surgery or something. Then we really don't have a lot of. Um, a lot of speed um, in our in our attack. So, yeah, the only guy is Pino right now, who, who is yes. who's unafraid. Yeah, Pino is only a uh, Pino, but Pino is not a very technical player. You know, he doesn't possess any like technical abilities other than running at players. Yeah, he, you've got you got Pena as well. I mean, he he had quite a good game, didn't he? It was mm-hmm. a Granada game where he scored. Mm-hmm. And then one thing that I think re- I liked with Pino as well, at one point he was playing on the right wing, wasn't he? Mm-hmm. If I remember rightly, unless I was so bored I wasn't couldn't watch the game anymore. No, he was playing on the right. <laughs> he yeah. was playing they on the changed. right, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. yeah. They changed 
yeah. changed up. I, yeah, I mean, I think I think it's great to have to have that. Um, and you you mentioned Pena, and I think you're right. He had a, he had a great game against Granada, scored a goal, and that kind of gets back to this question question of you know it's been we've been saying or the team has been saying for a couple of weeks they're kind of looking for some other right sided player who can either be that sort of play the role that Pena played last time so that Pena can go back to to the fullback or else somebody who can come on and play behind Pena. And I, you know, it doesn't seem like we're having a lot of success in finding anybody. And I know as much as we already went and bought Kapu because of an injury, so we may not have a lot of flexibility there, but... Um, that seems like it seems like Emery has identified that as a as a key thing he wants to he wants and mm-hmm. um, you know so so maybe his view is more um, well if he ha- as we said I mean if, if he has a if he if he gets a right sided player who basically stays back then you put Pena on the right and maybe it is more of a four four two if you if you your alternatives to play Pena back at the back and make it a four-three-three, I guess. Yeah, that could work. But uh, but I feel like if they if they get another player right now, what I, what are you gonna do with Mario when he comes back from injury? When Foyt comes back from injury, so I feel they the the squad is already big enough, and if they just replace a player who's injured with another player. It's gonna be. They can't afford to have so many players in the squad, so it has to be like a maybe a loan deal mm-hmm. until summer, maybe mm-hmm. a loan deal this summer, so that they can, so that Mario when he comes back, they they don't have like three right backs in the you know yeah. So so that's another thing too to consider. That's another thing. That's, yeah, a loan deal seems easiest to me. And the other thing, if you look at our roster, is we've got a. We suddenly moved to having a. We now have a lot of players, sort of in their early thirties, right? So that's true. We're going to have to make some decisions, and Mario is one of those. I mean, um, mm. where we're going to have to sort of make some decisions about, okay, how long are we are we going to count on this player? Um, you know, we we can't if we think in a couple of years we're going to need um, we're going to need to um, upgrade from an older player you don't want to be doing a lot of things now that hamstring your ability to do that i guess robin what do you what do you think about the roster yeah i I kind of agree i mean if you look at our record uh, how many left backs have we got (laughs) we've got about four or five which is incredible considering the years that we've shouted for more and more left backs so um but yeah in terms of that yeah i agree i think the problem is that our our else senior players shall we say are actually just playing so well that it's quite hard to replace them. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, Albiol is incredible for it. I mean, a centre back is always a bit more that you can be a bit older, really, because it's positional. It's not on much pace. Mm-hmm. The same with Ibora. I think I think Ibora is probably going to be slightly worried about the the Kapuwe coming in because I, I don't necessarily. I mean, there's only like two years age gap between the two, isn't it? I think Ibora has only turned 34. Mm-hmm. I suppose in terms of strikers, I mean, we don't have to worry about strikers because Carlos Baco will be out the door. Fairly soon, I imagine, and we've got Fernino has proved himself to be brilliant, really. So we've got a good youth background. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I, I, I mean, that's one thing I think we have to acknowledge is that Emery has given the youth the chance. All right, yes, he didn't give Kubo much of a chance, or and Samu's also been restricted. But those those players clearly had flaws, whereas I think he's really embraced the youth yes. that have uh, done well in this game. So yeah, it's it's a bit of a tricky one already. I, I don't think we're at that stage for a while. Though. I think we could still get good two years out of like Albiol really uh, mm. people are telling me oh he's way too old at that point but it, I think he's quality so mm, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah it's a tricky one yeah okay well, let's let's take a, a break for a couple for a couple of seconds and then when we come back um, I've got a name to throw at you um, thinking about the summer all right I'm Alex Rodriguez and I'm Jason Kelly from Bloomberg this is the deal each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. 
Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Okay, so I've seen this mentioned twice now, and I just want to throw it out there. And mm-hmm. thinking about, since you since we left it talking about Albiol, Matteo Musaccio, he's contracted at Milan ends this, this spring. Apparently, he, he wants to sign with Villarreal. Do we believe that? And, and do we, and would we do it? Mm. Do Robin, you're the biggest fan of Matteo, so <laughs> I knew you were going to set me up for that. <laughs> <laughs> first off, I would say is that this has come out of the Italian media and who are notorious for being wrong. So um, in terms of it, he, I, I'm not sure what to believe until I can quite see Mazzacchio acting like that and really trying to kind of force his way into the Uriel, as he did when he left us. Yes, Alan, I know you're not going to like this very much, but I did not like the way he treated the club, really. He, I know he wasn't the main reason for Marcelino going. I know there was other issues, but he did stir up the dressing room ridiculously amount just so he could leave the club. Because I think what happened was that they... He initially brought a transfer request in or something happened or they, they we received a, a bid for him from Milan and we turned it down and he had a strop about it. And instead of just negotiating with the club, he went all out and tried to disrupt things. So there was already a bit of tension, I think, between Marcelino, but they didn't want him to go. Mm-hmm, I think mm-hmm. and then the, the sign of this is, is that, you know, Marcelino left and still Mazzacchio went, even though he was saying... A lot of stuff at the time, and it was all thrown out there. But I, I'm not his biggest fan because, of, well, one of that attitude problem, and two, he was very, very injury prone. He was a quality centre back. He really was on his day, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but he was very injury prone. And I worry about considering how many injuries we've had this season, getting another injury prone centre back. And I don't think he would be happy being the substitute centre back. I don't think that he, if he came into the squad, he would suddenly become. The starting, he's not the same anymore, I think, and yeah. he, he would not be close to the kind of the level that Albiol is, and whether that's Albiol being amazing, or that's just Mazaki not there. But again, I'm clutching at straws a bit here because I maybe I'm slightly biased to the fact I didn't like him very much in the way he acted. Um, I was there at the time of the club, so I, <laughs> you know, I was right in the middle of it all. So, yeah, um, but yeah, I'll leave it to you two. What do you think? You two think? Uh well, my my reaction was I. I think he would. I think before the, especially before the injury, that awful injury he had against Barcelona in the Copa, wasn't it? Was it in the Copa? I think so. Um, before that injury, I, I think I thought that one really slowed him down a lot and, and made a difference. Um, I always thought he was a, he was a he was a very good defender. He was a very good shot blocker, which was something that we that we have kind of lacked actually since he left that he was he was good at at sort of getting in front of these of, of longer shots and blocking them um you know i don't have an opinion about his leaving i mean i'm kind of like you i think robin in that if if the result if the if the break with the club was was really that final um i wouldn't expect him to come back but you know, if you could sign a what? What is he? Third? What is his age now? He's as old as I thought he was. <laughs> which yeah, is weird. but 31, you know, 31, 31, 32. I mean, if you could sign a a thirty-one-year-old center back for on a free in the summer, um, yeah, it might not be bad. But you'd have to convince yourself that the you'd have to have a different take on the history, I guess, than Robin does, and and maybe than the club does. So um, I, I agree with you that, that the Italian media are not are good at throwing things out there. I've just seen it a couple of places. But what do you think, Julian? Mm, I think we should just move on from from him. Like, he's already old. Like, maybe it's better to um, invest in, in the future rather than having, like, so many players, or at least, like, two players over 30 in... Center, yeah, center back yeah, position yeah. and yeah I think it's time to like especially in like key positions as center back and midfield um, it's better to invest in youth I think that's you know, well that's we've, cer- we've certainly got um, Paul Torres who 
you know, mm-hmm. whether we whether he's he stays at the club long term, we don't know, but he's certainly been a successfully developed. I think the mm-hmm. the problem is that is that um and I think this goes back partly to the B team being in the Segunda B for so long, but also we just haven't developed a lot of good center backs at the through, coming through our youth system, with, with the exception mm. of Powell. Um, we tend yeah. to do better at producing guys that are more attacking midfielders, I think. Mm. Um, that's always been sort of our strength. Yeah, um, offensive players, yeah. Offensive players, but we haven't done a great job of, of um, producing defensive players. And mm. goalkeepers, we've actually done okay, but it's like the way... They've never quite. It's like Etor Fernandez going to Levante. Now. Mm. We've never quite been able to work those guys in to the squad in the way that we can work a field player. I think. Mm. So. I think that's always difficult with goalkeepers because they seem to last forever, don't they? And they do. Ferrisengo's yeah. been doing a brilliant job. Like I know he's been a bit. If well, people have said he's a bit iffy this season. I, I don't yeah. know. I, I think he, for me, I think we said this on the comment section. I think. He's having less work to do this year, so he's not being tested as much because Mario, and again, that's down to down to Gerard being on that right mm-hmm. wing and getting the protection he's given. So I think he's not being tested as much. I don't know how much that plays into it, but from my understanding of goalkeepers, it's a massive mentality thing and confidence thing. So you need yeah. to be tested regularly to keep up that form. I mean, you look at all the look at De Gea at United and that sort of stuff. It's always it's down to confidence, and if your team's already defensively doing well, I think it's hard for a goalkeeper but uh, Julian you've got some opinions on on Asenka's form haven't you what what do you think of him how's he's been doing sorry we've gone off the tangent again Alan I'm sorry (laughs) (laughs) well uh, like I used to I really like his reflex saves Uh, that's what uh, that's his biggest strength but his biggest weakness is his passing game and and he concedes so like very easy goals and the thing with him is very inconsistent is he makes some great saves and the next second he concedes like a basic error, such as uh, if you if uh, if someone if a player attacking player is coming from your from the flank or from the side, you have to cover the first post, right? Sometimes he slips those kind of passes, like a, um, or other times he's like he spread his legs way too early or he comes out way too early. He had already like one mistake. I don't know, maybe early in the season where he misjudged the ball and then ball went on top like over the, over him and it went inside or something like this I think it was one of the mm-hmm. first or second match in the, in the, in the season so he's, he has been like in my in my opinion he has regressed um, quite a bit and maybe it has to do with his lack of concentration because he doesn't get a lot of shots um, like he used to like uh, two years ago for example mm. um, but I think if in um, M for Emery, uh, for Emery, uh, he wants a goalkeeper who is a uh, um, who is a ball playing goalkeeper, uh, and Rui fits that sort of that type of goalkeeper. But um, I don't know. I think if he if he keeps doing like like mistakes, uh, I can see uh, Rui taking over his uh, his place if if this keeps happening. Mm. Yeah, that's for me, what for, I think. yeah. For me, I think as, as I think we're agreed that his weakness has always been his sort of distribution, his passing from the back. Um, mm. I think you're. I think you're right. His reflex saves are. He, he's he's really good at at reflex at at that. Where mm. I fault him, and I think this is, and maybe this does come down to concentration. Um, it, it's sort of positioning errors that um i mean the the soldado goal i mean okay it was a fine goal but you shouldn't you shouldn't you shouldn't allow a goal from that acute an angle i'm sorry <laughs> yeah. i mean that that should yeah that just shouldn't happen and mm-hmm. um i mean it's tough being a goalkeeper because you know it, it really is everybody remembers the ones you give up and nobody remembers the the saves, but, but yeah, mm-hmm. I think he has regressed a little bit. I mean, he, he's been such, such an outstanding keeper um, for so long and kept us in so many matches where our defense was just falling apart. So, mm. um, you know, so I, so I don't want to sound like I'm ragging on him too much, but 
but there has been a, a lack of a, a sort of some goals given up this year that I'm not sure um, were, you know, if you look at the, the quality of the goal, it wasn't that good. Um, mm. Yeah, I think Ruli's problem is he's he's fairly short, isn't he? So I mean, I, he seems to be he seems to give up a bunch of a bunch of goals high in the box from what I've seen and what I remember of him with Sociedad. Yeah. But he's, he's probably, but he's but he's a very good distributor of the ball, yeah. and I think I think you make a good point that he's mm. he's and he's made some good saves too in, in the Copa when he when he's played so and in mm. the Europa League. So I think you know it's nice to have. Obviously, we didn't buy him as a long-term second goalkeeper project, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, as much money as we spent on him, we had to be thinking of of uh, bringing him in as as number one, you know, in in a year or two, anyway. Um, yeah. I thought it was interesting that the guy we apparently really wanted was Ruiz Silva from Granada. I think he was our first choice, and Granada <laughs> said no, and um, you know he's. He's played really well. That uh, he, he damn near saved the penalty that that Moy scored, much less the the Paco one. So yeah, yeah. So anyway, Hopefully we weren't going to mention that penalty. Well, I, I, I'll, I'll, we can go on. I know what I want to what I want to get your opinion on. Jean Carlos Garrido returning to Spain with with our neighbors Castillon. Mm. Yeah, I mean, talk about a guy who's wound up tight and ready to explode. Interesting <laughs> <laughs> seeing him back, isn't it? Especially with Castillon, though, like technically, technically, technically our rivals. So it'd be interesting yeah. to see. I mean, imagine if you can get all the glory with that. Like, that would be crazy, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah, it would be really amazing if he could get them promoted and then, you know, maybe, maybe in a year or two and play in the Ceramica with in front of fans and that would be a that would be an experience that would be an experience he's a good coach he's just he's just very demanding of everybody including including himself including the club brass including his players i think mm-hmm. but he's a, he's a he's a good coach a no <laughs> what robin i would say it reminds you a lot of managers tell you what just as we're getting to the end who was your favorite manager of vrl ever so far Alan, do you want to go? We'll go with the history element. <laughs> yeah, I would say, um, you know, I I have to say Marcelino because Marcelino got for that period of time when we were at the top of our game under him, we looked awesome. And I and I frankly, I I don't remember the Pellegrini's. I didn't get to see many matches because we didn't have them broadcast on a regular mm. basis here under the Pellegrini years. So I saw lots of highlights. I didn't get to see many real, you know, 90 minute matches. So for mm. me, Marcelino. You did? Who was your favorite? Uh, I was very young under the Pellegrino, but I remember some matches and uh, especially uh, with Riquelme and Casorlo and those kind of those players. Uh, they were very like historic there was something special about that time, and um, but uh, I would also go with Marcelino, considering the budget. If you consider, he didn't have the biggest budget at the time, and um, and uh, and he still managed to get the best out of every player. And I don't know how much increase of value every player got, but every player evolved and grow. Like everyone, every player evolved. And he demanded a lot. And um, some players couldn't handle it, such as Samu Castillejo. He couldn't handle it, the pressure. Connie didn't handle that. But the, the ones who did it, they he made the, he made the diamond out of them. And mm-hmm. he will like you was you already see with Athletic Bilbao, he already won a trophy in his second match. And and uh, yeah, I would go with Marcelino, but Pellegrino is like right behind him. In mm-hmm. yeah, in, on my list. I think I'm, I'm going to make that three, but yeah, I'd also say Marcelino. He was, he, I think he's one of my favourite managers of all time, just to watch. And that's, I know that's a massive extreme thing to say, but 
his style, I think, his formation just really, really suited what I, I thought and think. It's a bit, I know, I know it's a bit harsh, I suppose, on the end of this podcast to sort of talk about him and then you've got Emery and stuff like that. But they are very, very different managers in terms of their style. So I think mm-hmm. I, I still completely have faith in Emery to still do just as well. You know, he's got the opportunity and we are, I'm certainly not calling for the end of Emery or anything like that. But I, I like Marcelino's style more than I, than I like currently how we're set out. But I think that's just, again, my bias towards a 4-4-2. But mm-hmm. I, I really liked him. And I completely agree with what you said, Julian. I think he got the best out of players. And I always use this comparison, but got Mario Gaspar into the space. how much grumbles we've had of him. But he made Mario incredibly fit. And he was absolutely bombing down those wings. That's the best I've ever seen Mario play. I think he really got the best. And yes, there definitely were players that had tantrums and stuff from it. But again, I also think that that, in a way, helps Marcelino. But when players are angry, they play better. So like Trigueros, for example, I know he didn't have a, an amazing relationship with Marcelino, but he, Trigueros was incredible in that in that in that team as well. Um, yeah, I think Canny was slightly different. I think he, I think he fell Canny out with Marcelino on a personal old. level in terms of how how he's, he was being played. But mm, uh, yeah. I'm not sure. Um, well, Connie yeah, sorry, was, Connie, Connie was older also. I mean, I think I think Connie was older and had already had a fairly established career behind him. I think you know the, the guys like Mario, um, Mario and Trigueros, they're you know they're willing to they're willing to play angry or put up with more or whatever. Um, you know, I just I mean I have to say when. I have always thought that Emery was a fine coach and would be a good coach at Villarreal, and I and I and I certainly think that um, he, his style is different. And yeah. I think, yeah, there is something about the sort of counterattacking at speed style that Marcelino had that that was mm-hmm. just um, that was really great to watch. Um, I just look back at the at the at the teams that he had and realize how much he did with, I mean, you know, we got to a Europa league semifinal with Adrian Lopez as a, as an attacker, yeah. <laughs> Joel Campbell yeah. in the squad, for goodness sake. I mean, you know, <laughs> we had Still Uche and Probert years. And wasn't U- it well? Yeah. Uche and, and Jeremy Probert. Well, you know, I, no, Jeremy was one of my favorite players. I mean, he was, he was limited, but, but Marcelino used him, used him well for what he did. Um, mm. I guess if I had to, I guess the flip side, and I don't know how much Marcelino had to do with this, if anything, is, you know, we did end up having to spend a lot more money to buy Gerard back than we would have if we just kept him around. And I, yeah, that was, yeah. that was my big beef with Marcelino mm-hmm. because I thought that even when we were, uh, you know, in this, in the Segunda going for, for promotion, Gerard mm-hmm. that joined the team on a regular basis around that time and did very well. And I was mm-hmm. sort of surprised. It was almost, it almost struck me that like Marcelino basically said, "Okay, you're great for the Segunda, but you're not ready for the Primera yet." And mm-hmm. and I kind of wished that um, he'd gotten a little more opportunity. But you know, that's, that's it, maybe he was right in the long run, though, wasn't it? I mean, that year did really help Gerard develop because he, yeah, he, he went back because Espanyol he went back to, and he had a great mm-hmm. season, wasn't it? And that's why we signed him again. It's almost like. Mm-hmm. I mean, even you could say more, the same thing about Moy. Really, he, he under Marcelino, or he might have gone before that, but um, Moy disappeared because he didn't quite get into Marcelino's system. I think, and mm-hmm. he came back mm-hmm. a better player. So, um, but yeah, no, I can, I can kind of, in a way, I can kind of see. I think I imagine Gerard's lack of pace might not quite have suited Marcelino's kind of style. Yeah, um, yeah, but yeah, I, I agree. I think it was it was sad to see Gerard go because I think. I remember before me and you, Alan, having podcasts where we were talking about how good he was and he just wasn't yeah, getting the, yeah, the game yeah. time. Music. Yeah. But overall, I mean, I think, you know, I think Marcelino did a really good job. I think he's very, I mean, I think any good coach is demanding of, of, of his players, demanding of the, of his employers. I think Marcelino mm. takes it to a bit of an extreme. <laughs> yeah. As, as too extreme. <laughs> yeah. So I think, I think Emery is, is, um, Emery always struck me, and maybe this is just because of the way he acts on the sidelines when, when there are fans there and when you can get out and, and run around. He's always struck me as, as much more of a, of a like a, almost a, 
what I want to say, a puppeteer directing the, directing the marionettes on strings or mm. a piano player who's kind of planning a, a whole plan of how he wants things to go. And I think mm. that's, and I think he's much more reactive in the, in the game. So it's a different style of, it's a different style of management. I've all, as I say, I've always liked him. I, I, you know, even if he were coaching somewhere else other than Villarreal, I would, I would always want him to do well because I really like him. Mm. I, I think he's probably a little easier to deal with than Marcelino and, and Garrido were. I don't know. <laughs> it wouldn't be hard to be a little easier. <laughs> but it, it was wonders for us writing articles, wasn't it, really? Because it was just never the same each week. There's always something to write about in terms of Marcelino. So oh, yeah. I'm sure we'll get to that stage of Emery as well. But yeah, I should, should reinforce, I, I do really like Emery as well. I think he, he's certainly proved himself and he's done well. Like it's a, he. I think he was a bit slow to adapt to this to the game, the last game that we had, and that probably was a bit of a downfall. I mean, maybe he was restricted in terms of injuries on that front. I, I'm not sure, um, but yeah, I, yeah, I would have yeah. liked to have seen a four-four-two a bit earlier on with like um, Nino and well, Backer or Alcácer up front together. But yeah. like I said it, it, it was a it was a horrible game, and I think we all acknowledged that. And I imagine even Emery acknowledged that it was a shockingly boring game compared to Granada. Anyway, yeah, <laughs> it was, it was. yeah. But yeah. <laughs> well, I have uh, one more thing to say, um, uh, Robin. Uh, you know Caceres, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. He's uh, he's going back to um, Belis apparently. That's so, why I'm glad you're on the podcast because I think yeah. we can both give him a, a good send off to the end, considering we're yeah. probably the only two that really like him. Only two on the forum. On the... <laughs> yeah, but yeah, he's going back apparently to. Is it, is, is it going to be a loan deal or is it permanent? Uh, they're talking about the loan deal, okay. I think, uh, till December. So he's going to get the same deal he got uh, when he went to Mexico. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. Um, so I think I think 100% he's probably done. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm afraid so. I, th I don't. Yeah, I don't think they. Yeah, they, it sounds a bit like. Um, oh, what, what, usually when we when we've sent players from South America back on loan, that's usually a prelude to selling them on. Mm. It's it's like we we send them there, and then we and that's another six months or a year. Um, on their contract. And so then when we sell them on for less money than we could get in Europe, we aren't taking a book loss on it. Yeah. I mean, I hate to sound I like think we spent a lot of money on him in the first place. It wasn't like, was it nearly 10 million or was that? Just yeah, like, it was a lot. It was, uh, it was a lot. Quite um, a lot. I don't think we'll get that back. Unfortunately, no, no way. I think I suppose, as, as a tribute to him, I think I really liked his energy. And I thought in some of the Kayaka games and that transition period, he was probably the only one with any energy on the pitch whatsoever. So, I agree. And I'll be honest, he, he is more, he's a defensive minded player that I prefer compared to sort of Ibora, Kapue, that tall. I like the sort of Kante, Makaleli, very quick, mm -hmm. angry players that pass it on quickly and then get back in position. So I think mm -hmm. that is my, I, I do prefer that kind of player and I like him more, but, and I'm sad to see him go. But he clearly wants to go back to South America, so you yeah. know, good luck to him. Yeah. I think he's. I think great so. Player. Well, yeah. you know, I I named my uh, yellow car Santi, partly after Santi Casorla, obviously, but also in honor of Santi Casorla. So I'm sorry to see him go to. <laughs> I like it. Is, is it a tough little car then? Like it just. It is a little. It is a little car. It's a Honda <laughs> Fit. It's way. like it's like a yeah. It's not. It's it's not an Abora, you know, SUV or anything. <laughs> <laughs> And then when you go into like a flat open road, it's like a graceful Santi Gazzola just diving around the streets. And oh yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. So anyway, I guess I'll I guess I'll <laughs> I'll keep the name, but I but I will I will I, I like Santi Casares too. I just thought that I thought a bit. I mean this this I hesitate to bring this player up because I know a lot of you have strong feelings about him, but it was mm. a bit like when we got Jonathan de Guzman. I felt like we got this guy and he wasn't really the guy that we got for the position we were trying to fill. And mm -hmm. I felt like for Jonathan, that was, you know, there were all sorts of adaptation issues, but that was the fundamental one was that Garrido got him for a position that he didn't play, you know, and for mm -hmm. Santi, it's a bit the same that I felt like we got him 
thinking he was somebody different than who he was, and all he could be is who he is. So anyway, I think um, if if uh, any friends of Santi Casares or um, listen to this, they can they can let him know that we 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 will remember him fondly at Virial, albeit for not as many matches as we would have liked. Oh, mm. Julian, what did you think of Santi Casares? Since we've we've done me and Alan, what did you think of him? <laughs> uh, I think uh, he was different before injury and after injury. Mm. So uh, mm. for the worse. Uh, unfortunately, he yeah. uh, he never came back and he never got the same form he had because in the first I think three matches he played for Villarreal he hit I, I never seen a guy who was so like commanding midfield at such a young age uh, in the midfield and I remember always he was he used to always like point at where players should stay where players should go and and after the injury he seemed to just. He just fell off and mm. never came back from that, and that's a shame, like uh, for a guy like him. But I yeah. think also it has to do with backstage things, also because um, I don't know what happened, but I just felt maybe uh, they neither Kalecha gave him a chance, or the other coach, the guy who came in, uh, what was his name again? Um, uh, Garcia Plaza. Yeah, Garcia yeah. Plaza. Yeah. When he played, he Casares didn't have an uh, opportunity with, under him either. So I don't know what yeah, what went know. wrong, yeah. but uh, yeah, he wasn't the same. So. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. I've forgotten about the injury, which was which was one of those long term um, yeah. things. Hernan Perez was another player, but that um, thinking back to under Marcelino, who. I think you know if he could have stayed healthy, Marcelino would have really made really good use of him, and he he mm. ended up having a really bad injury, missing what half of the season, and was never the same after. So, yeah, yeah. doing all happen. right now, isn't he? Isn't he? Where is he at now? Because he, he was really good. I think he was so quick. He's like the quickest. He was good at the Espanol. I think he played a lot of. Uh... He played at Espanol. I don't think he's. I don't think he's there anymore. Let me. Um, Real nostalgic podcast here, Alan. This I is know. <laughs> I know. Yes. Uh, he is now in, according to this, in Qatar at Al Ali. And has been there since 2019. So it shows you how much we've paid attention. But yeah, he played, he last played for Espanol in 2019. Yeah. Mm. But yeah, he's, he's now 31. And, uh, you, he, I don't think he's been called up for Paraguay in quite a while, though. He, he yeah. was. I don't think where he's from because he definitely wasn't. He's not Spanish, is he? So, no. um, just by the name, but no. yeah, no, I remember him. The blast of a past that, that yeah. year was like 2013-14 year, where I think it was just such a great squad. Like, even Uche is still playing now. I'm sure he's still playing, like Super Eagles or something. I don't know. It's like Uche, Giovanni dos Santos. <laughs> right, I'll shut. I'll, I'll shut up now because yeah, uh, yeah, know. we're we're going through memory lane. All right, well, we should we should uh, we should wind it up there. But it's been great. It's been great talking to the two of you and um, talking about the current squad and and issues and reminiscing a little bit too. So um, anyway, great talking to the two of you and uh, and the Van Verriel. <laughs>